So Deuteronomy chapter 30. And I just want you to follow along with me. And there's some things that you're going to hear repeated, not one, two, three, four times. You're going to hear them repeated today. And I want you to really think about your family all morning long. Doesn't matter what it looks like, how great it is, or scattered or dysfunctional it is. I want you to think about your family, your immediate family first, and then your extended family. Because I don't care how bad, you don't like an aunt, an uncle, cousin, or a great, great, anything. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, nobody in here, I honestly believe, wants anybody to die and go to hell. I just don't. You may not want to talk to them again, but I don't think anybody wants anybody to go to hell. I don't want anybody to go to hell because people don't understand just what hell is. It's not a bad vacation at all. And so we're going to look at the people of God, the children of Israel, and what God is doing. He is, he is actually in Deuteronomy chapter 29 and going into chapter 30. Uh, he's renewing the covenant in Moab with the children of Israel. You see, they're back and forth with doing right, doing wrong, uh, being sold out one minute and then the next minute kind of fudging around. Back and forth. It never stops. And it's never stopped, by the way. But follow with me. Uh, verse 1 of chapter 30. Now it shall come to pass when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse, which I have set before you, and I call them to mind among you, among all the nations where the Lord your God drives you, and you return. He's telling them now. And, and you return to the Lord your God and obey his voice according to all that I command you today. You, check it out, and your children with all your heart and with all your soul. He's talking about obeying the voice that the Lord your God will bring you back from captivity. He's talking about restorations and, and, and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. If any of you are driven out to the farthest part under heaven, from there the Lord your God will gather you and from there he will bring you. Got to stop and say this. Don't care if they're on drugs. If you hadn't talked to them in 30 years, if they left you, took everything you had, if they abused you sexually, mentally, emotionally, doesn't matter how far they are scattered. We're talking about our family today, and we're talking about the can I'm talking about the God that can restore anything. I heard it on a video yesterday. Chip and Joanna's real good with going in a house and looking at it. And it's a mess, but they see cabinets. They see a fresh bedroom. They even see a new roof that's vaulted and all that. People can't see it. And this is the way God is. God sees a drug addict. He sees a drunk. He sees an adulterer. He sees an embezzler. He sees a liar. And it, he sees them a long way. That prodigal's a long way. But God's able to look down and say, hey, if you do what I'm telling you to do, I can restore even that thing. Amen. He can do it. Verse 4 says, if you're driven out to this place, all the places, and I, I got to read it again, from under heaven, there the Lord your God will gather you, and from there, there, where they are, he can get them and bring them there. And the Lord your God, God's check me, says, just tell them, all things are possible to them that believe. 
And the Lord your God, verse 6 says, will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. We hear so much around us now about death, 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 death. I'm interested in living. The Bible says this can be the land of the living for the people that know the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord will, the Lord your God will put all these curses on your enemies and on those who hate you and persecute you. Meaning, he, he will hook up the people that try to hook you up. I know y'all got people in your life tried to hook you up. You ain't got a moan, groan, amen, clap, nothing. But we all on the same page in this house, amen? Somebody tried to hook you up, and you know they have, but the Lord's got their number. And the Lord your God will make you abound in all your work, all the work of your hand, in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your land for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over you for good as he rejoiced over your fathers if, verse 10, you obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which are written in this book of the law and if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. God is saying in a very plain way to understand, I am setting on go, waiting on you, is what he's telling the children of Israel. And I believe he's saying the same thing as I speak his word right now out of Deuteronomy 30. It ain't me. I'm not off. I'm not trying to figure out if we've got enough concrete to pour your mansion in heaven. It's already been built. It's already been prepared. I'm just literally waiting on you to give me all and all of you to give me all. That's what he's saying to them. And he says in verse 11, he said, For this commandment which I command you today is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It's not in heaven that you should say, who shall ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. And they were used to a prophet telling them everything all the time and the Lord was telling them and I will echo that today. It's not anything too hard, children, is what he said. He said, don't you cry foul on me and say, well, we couldn't, we couldn't do it. We, we didn't understand. It wasn't quite clear. You, you, you were speaking in... You were speaking in some kind of phrase. You were speaking in uh, a way we couldn't understand it. It was too lofty or it was too deep for us. We couldn't, we couldn't get our minds around it. We couldn't understand it. And the Lord says, don't you say that. You know what I've said and you know what I meant and you know what you need to do. And that's what God's saying today. Don't stick your head in the sand and do not say, well, I don't know. It's just, there's a lot going on and God understands. No, he doesn't. He knows that he gave you a life, he gave you breath, he gave you his word, he gave you T-I-M-E so that you could redeem it and you could live the fullest life he could give you and you could win all the people starting with your family. That's what God knows and that's what God expects and that's what God's saying. Don't you get in my face. Don't come up in here telling me 
it was too much. I didn't quite get it. The Lord says, yes, you did. And then he goes on to say, but the word, don't say it's too far. He said, because verse 14, the word is actually very near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart that you may do it. Say do it, everybody. Do it. That doesn't mean look at it. That doesn't mean read it. That doesn't mean even discuss it or think about it or wondering what that really means in the Hebrew. It means do it. He said, I got it in your mouth. It's in your heart. All you got to do is flesh it out out here with your family and then in this world. That's what he told them. You know what? This is hard work. I can't believe he's already read 14 verses. I'm not through reading. Okay. But to save your family, it's a lot of work, amen, to pull them out of them far distant places. You can be living in the same house, but to get us in one place and in one accord, you can't snap your fingers or you can't genie that thing and blink and it be right. It don't work that way. It's hard work. The devil spent a lot of time investing in our families to get them to chase every dog from hell, to get them out from God. So it takes a little bit of time and work to reel this thing back in so that we can be in one place, one mind, and one accord. And that's what we're here to do today. So he says this. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. And I just am amazed to the fact that the uh, sidekick of life is good and the sidekick to death is evil. So let's stop there for just a minute. So if you or somebody you know that it looks like, we'll, we'll look at it both ways quickly. If it looks like they're always just living a death life, I mean, it's always south. It doesn't mean because they're living right and they're being persecuted. I mean, but it's always bad. I guarantee you, if you could just hang around, look, and you could just look inside the window, it, they're probably involved in things that, are really evil. They're not healthy. And I'm about to go there. Y'all all sitting down, right? That's why the preacher has borderline got on his hands and knees and told you to get your face out from in front of a TV. All right, one, I'm going on. But you won't do it. I'm not saying everybody. I'm just telling you. I had somebody to tell me about a week ago. We were talking about a certain subject that they brought up. And they said, but Opie, there is nothing else. I said, oh, yes, there is. You're going to depend on the people to feed your soul, which is a spiritual entity, a spirit being. You're going you're to allow the world to sow into you when the Bible plainly tells us that the sons of, God, sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. When the Bible also says that God 
can gift you. You read the Word. It's a lamp and it's a light. People don't read the Bible. I'm not meaning a devotion. I heard a pastor talk about that. I I mean time in the Word. And then there's just plain old good study research. Well, I'm not good on a computer, and I, that, that thing has really bent me out of the frame. I, I don't know what to do. Look, okay, I, I'm, I'm about to go south on you. Get you, we had them at home growing up, a 1976 World Book Encyclopedia. We had the uh, Bicentennial Edition. Anybody, hey, explain to the youngins around here when you get home what Bicentennial was, okay? But we had that edition. If you can't, you just start looking. You can find all kinds of things out. And I've said it for, what, about seven months now. I said, things are not hidden in this life we're living in. Nothing, nothing's hidden. It's out in the open. And this person was asking me, what is it? And, and so I preached to him for about five minutes. And so my point for even going right there is to tell you this, that if you entertain evil all the time, if you sow into evil, now y'all know because we're we're always thinking about this when it comes to money and we want to remind God that. You reap what you what? So, So if you are all about evil and evil food, evil influence, Evil, 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 you are going to walk in a footstep and a life and a path of death because evil follows death, but good follows life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I love the fact that David said this. He said, you know, because he was all about being a man after God's own heart. Y'all remember him saying that? David, a man after God's own heart. Well, David said this. See, because when you, hallelujah, and I just feel the power of the Lord. But when you are all about the Lord, he's a good God. We just sang about it today. He's a good God, amen? God You're so good. He was a man after God's own heart. And so David responded with this testimony. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And he just happens to be the one that penned more uh, chapters in the Bible than anybody else. You see, you are what you eat. Good follows life. Evil follows will always be there tagging along with death. So that's what he was telling the children of Israel. You ain't got to follow my commandments. You ain't got to obey my voice. You ain't got to follow all my statutes. You can be the rich young ruler in the New Testament and do 90%. But we saw how Jesus felt about even 90%. Yes, we did. And he said, you ain't got to do it, But you better watch out because you're going to be defined by a life of death until your body dies. So I've set before you life and death, life and good, death and evil. In that, I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk, not talk, but walk in His ways, to keep His commandments, His statutes, and His judgments that you may. Here we go. See, God wants to really, I talked about your family hooking you up or people, but 
God really wants to hook you up. See, if you pursue God, you love God, you follow God, you obey God, then God wants you to live. God's the greatest mathematician in the world, and he wants you to multiply. God don't want no... Well, see, we always say that if you be a Christian now, God's all about subtracting. You got to give this up. You got to do that. You got to do that. It always looks like the only thing God does in your life when you become a soldier of the cross and a child of God, he takes away sin. He takes away things that are going to damn you and kill you, and he gives you life and peace and joy and the Holy Ghost is what God has waiting. God's not about that. God's not about taking anything back good away from you. So all we got to do, he says here in verse 16, we just follow his steps, his commandments, his ways, and we will find ourselves living and multiplying while the rest of the professing Christians, the religious people of our day, they're just dying and dying and dying and dying and dying and dying. But it's evil, 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 following death, 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 death. Do y'all see where we're going today? Praise God. He says, so the Lord your God will bless you in the land where you go to possess. Y'all hear some of that East Rockingham draw coming out, possess. It's coming out. It's in there. He in there. He comes out sometimes. But the Lord said that when you do this, even the land that you are going to, and you're going to possess an area of ministry, a new area of life, a mission field, a co-worker, a family member that you have not been able to break through to, God says that he, you will live in that land. Don't just think of physical land out here. But you will actually go to that land and you will live in that land and you will possess that land and God will cause you to flourish and multiply. What's the prayer of Jabez all about? It's all about that. I'm tired of everything in the Bible that sounds like this. People being brainwashed to only think it's about money. It's not about money. We're talking about a God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He can bless you in whatever land you are in. It don't matter if it's a work land, a physical land, a land of somebody's soul, a land of your family, a land of your school, God can give you victory and he can give you blessing in that land. But you got to do what he says to do. All right. It took a while to get to verse 17. This is kind of where the clapping stops, okay? So I'm going to give you hands a break. I'm not doing it, but you, you, you don't have to worry about your hands for a couple of verses here, okay? Why? Because if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away, here we go, and worship other gods and serve them. I announce to you today that you shall maybe, possibly, it might, you shall surely perish. Told Adam and Eve, you can do it, but you shall surely die. What did the snake come along and do? Said, no, nah, you won't. So the snakes, he's wiggling today to tell you, no, 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 no. But listen, he said, I'm telling you, you'll surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you go over the Jordan to go in and possess. 
I call, verse 19, heaven and earth as witness against you today that I have set before you. I didn't talk about it. He said, but I've actually set before you life and death along with blessing and cursing. So God put it all out there and you can choose. Therefore, choose life that both you and your children, your descendants may live. That's what has to happen in this building today. You've got to choose life. You've got to choose life because if you don't choose life, for both you and your descendants, your children in this building, your family, your spouse, your grandparents, your aunts, listen, if you don't choose life, for the people you are representing, if they're not here today, then I'm telling you, cursing is automatic. It's automatic. If you don't, cursing's going to choose you because the ways of the Lord are pleasant, they're good, God is a great God. You hear me? But you have to walk in His ways in order to have that kind of life and that kind of experience. So he says this. I want you to choose so both you and your descendants may live and that you may love the Lord your God. He spells it out. It's not too high in heaven or down here where you don't know. I didn't really know what you meant. He says, no, no. Love the Lord your God that you may obey His voice and that you may cling to Him for He is your life. It's not the current culture out here. It's not trying to stay politically correct. It's not what everybody's doing so you don't get fired or so you don't get outcast or you don't get defriended or dropped on Facebook. No, sir. The Lord is your life is what he told them. You can go on and serve them other gods if you want to. You can let somebody come along and make one out of gold if you want to. He said you can serve them. That's why I'm setting blessing but cursing in front of you too because I'm making it very clear. You don't have to choose me, but if you choose him, he's dead and you're going to die with him. He's cursed, fake God, phony God, not real. You can't put him in front of me. You got to leave him where he is and I want to be first. If you put him there, you're going to get what he is. He's cursed and you're going you're to receive cursing, but you don't have to. So he says this, you love him, and you obey his voice, and that you may cling. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for So why, hallelujah, why do you want to risk that is my question today. For he is your life and the length of your days that you may dwell in the land which the Lord your God swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you. The Bible says this, that things can be so bad that 
in the world's eyes, it looks like it's irreparable. You can't do anything about it. But you know that, that conflict between Jacob and Esau in the book of Genesis where he sold his, his birthright? It got bitter after that between those two brothers. I mean, it got bitter, folks. It got very bitter. And Jacob thought that his brother hated him so bad he was going to kill him. And they were distant for a long time. And the Spirit of God is telling me right now, I'm talking to people in and outside this building. You feel like your relationship is dead. You feel like it's gone. You feel like you've embarrassed somebody so much. You've frustrated or let them down so much. And a lot of people know about it that it cannot be fixed. But that is a lie from hell because all things are possible to them that believe. And this is what happened. Verse 30, verse 10 of Genesis 33 says, And Jacob said, No, please, if I have found favor in your sight, then receive my present from my hand, inasmuch as I have seen your face. He's talking to his brother. As though I had seen the face of God, and you were pleased with me. It was so bad. But see, God can be in any relationship, church, even if it doesn't look like a relationship. God can still work His way in there because He's a way maker. He's always working even when we can't see Him working. When we think God has told us to pack up and move on, you can wash your hands, you've done everything right, you've told them you're sorry, or you've just not tried to take them down like they tried to do you. God says, even in the midst of that, Jacob, I can work on Esau and I can put things back together. Listen to me. I know, I know, I know. We've got a, plenty of people in our church that have stories that if they were to share them, many of you would not believe one another. But you're all telling the truth. That's why God is so good. Because God can take jacked up situations and jacked up messed up people, dysfunctional, and God can take it and he can fix it and make the end of the story a whole lot better and overshadow the story itself. He did this with Jacob and Esau. We see it in the life of Joseph when his brothers lied about him, mistreated him, sold him for slavery. He went through lie after lie, betrayal after betrayal, but God was setting him up to be a source that his family would drink from later on. I want everybody in here to say this with me. My family needs me right now. My family needs me right now, Lord. My family needs me right now. The Bible says this. Well, I want, I want to share something with you. And I'm close to closing here, but I want you to look at something important. 
The other day, Angie pointed something out to me that someone we know, and some of you here on Facebook may have seen it. She let me read it. And this lady is a, um, she's a good Christian lady. She happens to be a principal. But she had posted something on Facebook. And, and again, through this series, I don't care if it's in my personal life or when I go to prayer or just random stuff. God is, has shown me dozens of times now through all these avenues that we, 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 we must, we must have our families as intact as we possibly can and we must all be on the same page. And so I... I I didn't ask her, could I, but it was on Facebook, so we don't have her name. But I want you to read this post that happened this week of a, in a school that's not far from here. I have had the unfortunate opportunities. This, now, she's a principal. In the past couple of days, weeks, uh, to peruse some messages between students at my school. And let me just say, we need to cover our young people in prayer. We need the churches back open at full capacity and our kids on the front row. Make no mistake, Satan is after our kids. They are being influenced and molded by evil on the social platforms and it's impacting their moral compasses. Please make sure you are invading their privacy and reading their conversations and know what they are doing and saying and with whom they are saying it. It won't be popular, but some friends have got to go. If you fall asleep on your kids, you will lose them to the world. Wake up, parents. We've got kids to save. So I'm telling you, we've got to watch out. You can be so busy, you can think they're trustworthy, and I'm not saying children are bad or trustworthy, uh, or not trustworthy, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, but they are called children for a reason, parents. Did you hear what I just said? They're not called adults yet. And I know we've got adults that's got... Mentalities like children. Okay. Had to be careful there, but anyhow, they're called children. They may not even agree with you when you're obeying the Word of God, but listen to me. You have been, you think it's the other, but you have been placed in their life so you could help them find their way through Jesus Christ and the Word of God. I had a great, a good friend of mine that's no longer in Larnberg, uh, had his own business, and he told me one day, did not claim to be a Christian at all, and we were talking about his daughter because she's the same age as Caitlin, and he told me, he said, well, oh, he said, I don't try to, you know, force anything on her. You know, I, I, I let her uh, show everything, she, and then she can make her own decision, and I said, no, she can't. She can't. She can't make her own decision. 
She can't because you are the most important man in her life. And if you don't show her Jesus, then she's going to see the world because that's what you are in right now. And there's an overwhelming chance she's going to go the way of the world. You can't do that. You can't force them and you can't do all these horror stories we've heard where they beat youngins to make them go to church. You can't do that. But you've got to have a family life and a house of God at your local residence that says Jesus Christ is first and foremost and we all love him. And God wants your family and my family to be right And he wants it to be whole. He wants it to be healthy because he uses our families to minister to people that don't have families. In fact, in the 68th Psalm, verse 6, the Bible says, God said at the solitary... In families. That means he puts the homeless, he puts the lonely person, the forsaken, the forgotten, the orphan. He puts the solitary in families and he brings out those, those people who are bound into prosperity. And see, that place, that location of prosperity he's speaking of, is supposed to be your home. Our homes are supposed to be prosperous in love and in peace and in guidance and direction and knowledge of the Word. That's the definition of what your home and my home is to look like. Anything other than that is skewed, negative, bad, dead results. He says God does that. God sets the... He sends, he sends lonely, depressed, broken, loners. He, he sends them into our lives, into our children's lives at school, into our lives at work. He sends them into our families because when he does that, it's able to break out the chains and the bondages that the world has put on them. Before, before I ask you to stand, you know, when God told Noah to build an ark, for just five seconds, I want you to put yourself in his position. No rain, unlike us, until lately. No rain, ever. A boat, never seen one. But God was specific in what he said. He didn't tell him just what to do. He told him how to do it. Gave him dimensions. He gave him instructions. And so, and I personally believe, don't read this in the Bible, but I just believe that somewhere, some people think 120 years, during that course of going to get wood and and plane it down, and hew it out, make pegs, and all this, building this huge ark. I just believe while he was building it, that along with the the laughing and the making fun of, and people talking about him in town, and and at the market, and people making fun of his family, I don't know if any of this sounds familiar to you, but while this was going out, uh, year after year after year, I don't know if somebody come up, well, well, 
Noah, how do you know how big to make it? How, why, are you, why are you making it this many cubits and that many? Why, 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 why that many animals? Why, why are you doing that? Well, I was given, I was, by Jehovah, God, Father, he gave me specific instructions. And he told me what to do. And I want to tell you, I don't think anybody here or really anywhere now can argue that it looks like our days are getting shorter and shorter before the Lord returns. We don't know. I have no idea. And he said I wouldn't have any idea, and nobody else would. But he's given me instructions to give you, and for all of us with these instructions, to give them and live them out and go over them and practice them with our families. In fact, I just want to tell you, if you're taking notes in chapter 30, verse 12, and verse 6, and verse 10, and verse 20. Four times, at least, four times, the Lord says, for you to love him with all your heart, with all your soul, follow his commandments, obey his voice. He didn't say it one time, he said it four times. He said, if you do it, then all this stuff I'm telling you about, Bing, it's yours. So I'm going to tell you today, we've been saying these things for weeks after week. Our family matters. We've got to pray over our family. If your name is on anything of this church, I'm telling you more than, I don't care if you say, well, I ain't never talked to you. I don't care about that. Your name vocally, verbally, audibly has been called out before the Lord more than one time. As recently as this morning before this church service, every name, every name, Every name, don't matter if you've never been here during COVID, every name that we've got on a piece of paper, it's been called out and prayed over, and your family has been prayed over. So I'm telling you, just like when all that was happening, you see, and Noah didn't build the ark forever. He didn't always work on the ark. He told people. He invited people. He told them what God had said. He said that the day's coming. Now, I don't know when the rain's going to come, but I'm telling you, I know he said to build this boat and do this and make all these arrangements. And Noah tried and tried, and it's a big old door for a lot of people to get in. But just like in Noah's day, the door started closing. And as the door began to close, on Noah, in our day and time we're living in right now, that the door is beginning to close on everybody. I want you to stand with me, if you will. I want everybody looking up here. Because, see, the rest of that story, as Paul Harvey would say, it was filled with, No! 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 Please! 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 Noah! 
children crying, teenagers crying, grandmas crying, aunts crying, daddies crying, rich men crying, poor beggars crying, wealthy, healthy people crying, people full of all kind of disease crying. And then dying. I don't want the door to slam on a single person in this building. Nobody. I don't mean almost. I mean no family in this church. I don't want a single child to die and go to hell. I don't want a single mama, a single daddy, a single divorced spouse. I don't want a, a, a single child that may have not spoken to you or a, a parent. I don't want nobody to die and go to hell. And you, you, my friend, my brother and sister, you can make your mind up. Well, I'm not going to treat it like, oh, I'm going to be so intentional for the rest of my life. Because, see, the world's going to keep escalating. What I mentioned earlier that's happened in Washington, the answer is not, whether or not things are voted by Senate, Congress. That's not the answer. The world, do y'all understand? This world is fading away. What the Lord was trying to tell us is the world is going to go to hell, folks. It's not about whether things pass or things get blocked or anything. The devil is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So what you don't want to do is say, well, I want them to find their own way. And don't make exceptions. Don't, don't make exceptions. Pray at night. If you're not on Right Now Media, go to our website and get it. It's free. Put it on your phone. Put it on your tablet. Put it on everything you have. If you're going to sit in front of a screen... Put something godly in front of your eyes, in front of your children. And, and while, while it's playing, glory, make your house a sanctuary. Then your children will check out. They will check it out. They will catch on to it. And they'll see, well, you know what? And I, I'm going to do it. I said it at my mama's funeral. At the end of the year, December 27th, Somewhere along that 27, 28 of December 2017. I did some things I ought not to do. I did some things that my parents wished I hadn't done. But I'm standing here saved. Set apart and filled with the Spirit of God because I lived in a house for 18 years where I got to see what Jesus looked like every day of my life. And it was my mama and my daddy living out Jesus in front of me. They never made exceptions for anything and they were lay people. 
My daddy was not a preacher. I'm the son of a cobbler, a shoemaker. But he made sure and my mama made sure that we understood that Jesus was life and the length of our days. And so he was first. And I've got a Bible upstairs, a pink Bible, that slammed full of my mother making notes all throughout, even on the cover and on the maps in there because she loved Jesus and now I love Jesus because I got to see somebody in love with him while I was growing up. So this is what I have been led by God to do. And we need to just go on and cut all the lights on, guys, if you would. You're here with your family or you're representing your family. And I want you to think about this. And we're not going to do anything weird enough. We're actually going to pray together and we're going home. I don't know the road people have traveled other than the people, as the pastor people have trusted me with and I've prayed about over the years. We got, we got a lot of scars, I told you that. But I want to tell you this. If you got children at home or even close by where you can get to them or whatever, or you got parents, you know, it can be anyway. Or if your grandparents raised you or whatever. I want to tell you this. What we're doing today, everybody looking, everybody listening. What we're talking about doing today, as hard as it might be, it's a whole lot easier than sitting down with Richard or Sharon Bowles up there and making plans. Amen? It is for me. I done made them three years ago. It ain't fun. It's a whole lot easier. whole lot easier. A whole lot cheaper, too. So, I'm asking you, I've asked all the, the, all the teams that work with us, to, whether it's characters, technical, band, it doesn't matter. I've asked everybody to make sure they're with their families or with, because what we're talking about today will make a whole lot of sense next week. Because, see, I can't get into next week until I make sure I've exhausted your family, your house, the building you live in. So what I'm... Uh, asking you on behalf of God to do all the way to these columns, all the way to this baptistry right here in the hallway. If you can come with your family, and we're going to stay apart from each other, but we won't be here 15 minutes, so uh, everybody should be fine anyway, right? Okay, so um, I'm going to ask you right now, if you don't want this door situation to replay, Love your children, love your husband, love your mom and daddy, grandma, aunt, uncle, or somebody that raised you like a parent. I want you to love them enough to either come stand with them or represent them. And uh, upstairs or in the rooms right there, everybody here, I don't care if we have to leave it on autopilot. I don't care. Uh, except for Derek, I need Derek to click And I want you to be very reverent as you gather with your family or you come stand in behalf or on behalf of your family. We are going to, we're going to do this. Uh, Y'all, straight up. 
There ain't nothing down here. You can, you can come up here if you want to. I mean, we got like 300 square feet right here. You can come, you, you know, you spread out. Okay. Uh, I mean, you don't have to. Y'all, I, I don't want everybody to feel cramped right now. I don't want nobody to feel uncomfortable, okay? But what God has instructed me to do, based on the 29th chapter of Deuteronomy, now, if you're watching online, I want you to do this with as much reverence for, people, for your house, for your family, wherever they are. It, it, it doesn't matter about location right now, okay? Because all we're doing, we're, we're practicing. We're putting into practice this right here, all right? And it, it's taken straight out of the 29th chapter when God was telling the children of Israel that he was going to renew the covenant. First of all, this is an individual covenant prayer that we are all going to say slash pray together as individuals. So it's not mama, daddy, husband, wife, grandma, grandma. This is you. This is you, it, okay? Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, the devil hates this right now. He hates this, but we don't care because we really don't have a lot of use for him, Amen. We don't have any use for him. So, I want you to, together as individuals, we're going to say this together. Oh God, may it be known in all of the earth that this day I am returning to you. I will obey your voice, follow your commands, with all my heart and soul, I will love you, Lord, and I will cling to you. You are my life and the length of my days. I will dwell where you have placed me. Okay, now we're going to do this for our families. Your family here, your family that's not here. And God, we want to be reverent when we do this. This is not a catechism. This is not something we're doing. We're trying to memorize eight verses. No, Lord, this is a prayer from our heart. God, I believe you will honor it because you are a good God and you are a serious God. So, God, we pray this together. Oh, God, may it be known in all of the earth that this day we are returning to you. I want you to look at every family member that's around you right now. Take a minute. All right. We will obey your voice, follow your commands with all of our heart and soul. We We'll love you, Lord, and we'll cling to you. You are our life and the length of our days. We will dwell where you have placed us. I want to read, and then we're going to pray and go. But I want to read verse 10 
through verse 14 to you of chapter 29. You can follow with me, but it says, All of you stand today before the Lord your God. Everybody look at me. All of you, you're not standing in front of me. All of you today are standing in front of the all-seeing eye of God. This is not a show. This is not a stunt. This is not something cute we're going to take selfies and pictures of and put on social media. You are standing in front of God right now. All of you stand before the Lord your God today. Your leaders and your tribes and your elders and your officers, all the men of Israel, you're standing with your entire family. Your little ones and your wives. Also the stranger who is in your camp. From the one who cuts your wood to the one who draws your water. That you may enter into the... See, God don't want almost all of the family to get in on this. God wants everybody. He don't leave anybody out, folks. That's why he put blessing and cursing because he wants you to choose, but he wants you to choose him. He says, listen, you may enter into the covenant with the Lord your God and into his oath, which the Lord your God makes with you today, that he may establish you today how many people want to leave here established today? My Lord in heaven, I want to be established today. As a people for himself. See, the world's gobbling our children up. I read you the principal's post. The world is gobbling our children up. Just as he has spoken to you. Wait, a people for himself. And that he may be. God to you. I don't want him to be God just to you and you. I want him to be God to everybody. Just as he has spoken to you and just as he has sworn to your fathers, to Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac, I make this covenant and this oath not with you alone, but with him who stands here. So people that are straining, people that you are standing in behalf, of your family, listen, he's so good. God is so good. He's so good of a God. You don't have to physically be in this building for God to make good on his word. He says, listen, I make this covenant not just with you alone, but with him who stands here with us today before the Lord our God, whoever you're representing, as well as with him who is not with us here today. So we want to pray that we can not just hear this. I want to pray, God, I really have. I have been, I've, I've said, God, help me, help me. I want to do this. I want my house. I, I don't want a single person that walks in my house to say, I wonder why I hope he's watching that. That ain't what he preached about. Why are you listening to that? Why is that your ringtone? I'm going deep right there. Amen. Lord, wait a minute. This is something God reminded me to do. It's going to be awkward for some of you, but it shouldn't be. I told you, you know, if, if, if you look at 
sitting down with Richard or Sharon. Ha, piece of cake, spit it out, tell me, Opie. If, if your family's here, I want you to look at them and say, I make this covenant with you today. Do it, do it right now. Say, I make this covenant with you today. Angie, I love you, baby. I make this covenant with you today. Father God, we pray. Lord, we make this covenant with you today. I don't want the world, Lord. There's nothing here I want. I want to go home. I want to go home. But Lord, I'll be faithful. I'll finish. I'll fight. I'll do, Lord. As long as you want me here. As long as you've numbered my day. I'll do it, Lord. But I'm going to put you first in all of it. I'm going I'm to love you. I want my house, God. I want to pass it on, Lord. I want to be what my mama and daddy were to me, Lord. I, I want to be, but Lord, I even want to do more than that. I, I, I want to be better than that, God. And I want Caitlin and Tyler and Beckham and the baby on the way to be even more than that, Lord. So God, here I am. I'm available, Lord. You can have it all. You can have every bit of it. As for me and my house, and, and as for our church, we will serve the Lord, and we give our family to you. We give the wayward son, the daughter, the, the thing that the, the mama, the daddy did or didn't do, Lord, we give that to you. Or the abuse, the sexual, mental, emotional, whatever abuse from grandparents, relatives, Lord, even neighbors, whoever, God, we turn that over to you, Lord, and we pray for them. We want to live in the land of the living, Lord. And God, I pray for any person that's not a believer in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, if you're not a believer, Jesus says the door is open right now. It hadn't slammed. All you have to do is say, Lord, I surrender. I'm walking in. I want to be saved. And the Bible says he's faithful. He's just. He'll do that. He will take everything, even all the scars, all the horrible things, and he will completely wash, wipe them away, and he will give you peace to help you live above those things. And if you do that, there's, there's information on the screen or in the house. It's, just, it's, it's real easy to do, and we'll help you out. But God, I pray this week that we would understand We'd read scripture out loud in our house. We would play music and things that glorify you. It will upset the enemy and all of hell. We know that, God. But it's time for us to turn it around and upset hell instead of hell driving us crazy, Lord. So, God, we love you, and I pray for every person, their family here or wherever. And I pray, oh, God, these people to be blessed today, Lord, that the Lord would bless you and the Lord would keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon every person in this room and be gracious to you. And the Lord would lift up His countenance, I mean on every person, every family. He'd lift His countenance up on you and He would give everybody here peace. Father, let the words of my mouth 
meditations of my heart and my home and my family and what we do be acceptable in your sight. Amen.